Hi, and welcome to our Ivy-covered institution of the Apartment Academy and our podcast. I'm your host, the Dean of the Apartment Academy, Daniel Cunningham, and the Apartment Academy podcast is the only operations-focused podcast which features insights from industry leaders, investors, vendors, and uh, technology providers. So if you invest in multifamily real estate or you're involved in the day-to-day operations of apartment buildings, we are your source for advice, for efficient operations and maximizing ROI, and class is in session. Today's uh, podcast was with Ed Wolf. Ed is with uh, Lease Lock, and we learned a lot today about the market for uh, deposit insurance and Ed's view that uh, we're heading towards a deposit-free marketplace, which is fascinating. So I hope you enjoy and learn a little something. Let's get into it. Hi there, Ed. Welcome to the Apartment Academy. Great to have you on here today. Thanks to be here. Yeah. So, Ed, you have a, uh, a very interesting background. Like me, you've been on both sides of the industry. You were uh, chief operating officer at Cortland. Now you're on the vendor side. Um, give us a, just a quick um, a couple seconds about your background and your time in the industry so people have context where you come from. Sure. Two decades of experience, both on the operations side and then most recently at RealPage, uh, running renter's insurance, resident screening, and security deposit alternatives. So, I have a unique blend of both, and I know what operators are looking for and the pain, point, pain points that they're trying to solve. Yeah, yeah, you definitely do. You've been right at the heart of this for a long time. Um, one of the, you know, our goals here at the Apartment Academy is to really educate people. And I think this is one of the interesting things about today's discussion is there, at least from my perspective, there is a lot of confusion around the idea of deposit insurance. There's a lot of different flavors of it. So I want to, I want to get into that, but let's start, Ed, if you can just give us your perspective on what's broken, like what if, what are we fixing? First of all, that we, that we're, we're even talking about these kinds of, these kinds of uh, products. Sure. I think, you know, bottom line, housing affordability and the crisis that we're in is real. And 78% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck and they want a one click Amazon experience, right? They want the ability to move in, right? Without having to go through a painful and clunky process. And at the same time, they want it to be affordable. And with rents being what they are, um, and security deposits being a potential hindrance, right, for moving in quickly. Um, this is the problem that multifamily operators are trying to solve. So these these products in the in the various flavors in which they come are are serving to relieve the renter at some level of having to come up with a security deposit. Is that a fair way to put it? That's a great way to put it. Um, that the the traditional security deposit has been around forever. And we know that security deposits don't protect the owner, right, completely. Um, and it also is an inhibitor or a barrier, right, because they're looking for one month's rent. And, and so that, Amer- that middle America that's living paycheck to paycheck just doesn't have enough in their savings account to pay that upfront security deposit. And that and that's real. That's what we're facing today. Why why do we know that that deposits don't protect fully protect the owner? Maybe you could just elaborate on that a little bit. Sure. What we see, Daniel, is that upon moving, um, and through my experience, right, a one hundred and fifty dollar, a two hundred and fifty dollar, or even a five hundred dollar security deposit, which tend to be 
the range, right, of, of the norm. Um, that is not enough money uh, when the resident has to, uh, or when the resident moves out um, and there are damages. Look, it's rare that the resident get their security deposit back, right? Let's face it. There are going to be either normal wear and tear or damages that occur. And so bottom line is the, the resident, right, um, is going to move out of that unit and the owner of the community is, is going to try to recoup whatever uh, expenses have occurred as a result of moving out. And there's never enough money that's collected up front to offset those expenses. That's right. And so that goes against the owner's bottom line right now. So they, they completely exhaust the security deposit. Uh, it, and I know the answer, but I want to hear you hear, hear you say it. Why can't the owner simply collect from the resident and say, hey, you, you still owe another, you know, $500. Why doesn't that as successful? Well, at that at that point, Daniel, right, um, the, the resident uh, didn't have enough um, to begin with, right? So they had to scrounge up enough to to meet that de- that security deposit initially. Well, now upon move out, right? At that juncture, the resident just wants to get out, right? Any more that is being sought after, you know, good luck um, in terms of trying to go after uh, the resident. And so we have statistics that show, right? That on, on average, move out expenses are two to three times greater than what the traditional security deposit uh, covers. And so that's where, especially when you're dealing with a situation of, of an eviction, right? And the attorney's fees and all the things that go along with having to evict, right? On the back end, uh, a traditional security deposit is way out of whack with regards to being able to protect lost rent, let alone expenses, including pet damages that go along with it. In an, in an eviction scenario, that's when you run into those kinds of multiples of, of costs. Correct. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think some owners might look at security deposits as a, as a, a screening mechanism for, um, you know, the sort of the economic uh, capacity of the the person looking to rent a unit there. Um, t- talk to us a little bit, Ed. Like, why is that? Is that a is that a fallacy to look at it that way? Um, I think so, right? Because you know that's what resident screening uh, accomplishes, right? To ensure that they're they're not letting in bad actors. Um, I think the security deposit historically, right, was a stopgap for any potential uh, expenses or damages that would occur upon move out. And so this next generation renter, right, we've become a subscription-based society, right? And so at the end of the day, do you want to pay $800 for your iPhone 11 or do you want to pay a monthly $29.07 to lease it? And it's not a matter that people necessarily can't afford that, but they like the monthly payment. They love the fact that they don't have to come out of pocket. And if it's if it's embedded in the lease workflow, then it just makes it that much easier, right? So the acceleration of leasing, the ability to close those leases, the affordability that it's trying to solve are all real scenarios that are happening today. 
Um, and this pandemic has, has exacerbated the housing affordability and crisis that exists today, let alone, right, the affordability aspect of it. Because again, people don't have enough in their savings account. And if they do, and it's a rainy day emergency fund, they don't want to come out of pocket for that, for that security deposit in order to move and find a home if they can avoid it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, uh, so what I'm hearing in terms of benefits of, of, of sort of eliminating to the extent you can this deposit is, is number one, you, you mentioned accelerating. So you close leases faster. Um, you also, I, I think you can, you can appeal to a class of renters that are credit qualified, but don't happen to have, you know, one month's worth of rent in their, in their pocket. Uh, so, you know, they've been, they've been left out in the cold. Now you find a way to, to accommodate them. Um, and the third thing, which I, which was um, interesting for me to hear is that just overall, I think perhaps, especially with the younger demographic, they actually prefer a, I don't, I don't know how you call it. It's not a pay as you go model, but a, a lease, um, what would you call it? A, 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 you know, a monthly installment sort of model rather than pay a big chunk up front. Even if you never get those installments back, they would prefer that. That's right. So think of it this way, Daniel. This next generation renter that is here and now is a subscription. They've been conditioned to be a subscription-based consumer, right? Look at Netflix, right? It's a monthly installment. Look at your iPhone lease, a monthly installment. And so... At the end of the day, and by the way, we have validation of this, right? Because we've conducted focus groups and we've talked to dual income people. And what they said is if I was offered a monthly amount of $30 a month or a $350 security deposit, I'd pay the $30 a month, Ed, because I want to hold on to that money. Why would I want to pay that big nut up front when I could pay it, to your point, as I go? And so this is, this is where we are. And there's no turning back. Very interesting. You, you will not unring this bell. <laughs> so, Daniel, the, the thing that I will tell you, right, um, and we'll maybe get into this a little bit later, is the days of the security deposit will be extinct like the dinosaur because traditional security deposits that have been around forever, right, are clunky, they're cumbersome, and they don't protect the owner. Never have, never will, right? So we're never going to go back. The future, right, is a, a monthly installment that enables affordability, convenience, and multiple times the protection for the owner of the property. That's the future. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So uh, there, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of different approaches that have been taken by different uh, companies in this space to try to address this problem. And there is a lot of confusion, I think, in the different approaches that are being taken. Would, would you mind, we'll, we want to talk about LeaseLock's approach for sure. Would you mind just sort of 
outline outline for us the different buckets that exist right now of kinds of ways that that different companies are addressing uh, this issue. Great. And you're spot on, Daniel. The market is extremely crowded, very noisy, and lots of confusion. So let me attempt to differentiate lease lock versus everybody else. Lease lock is lease insurance that eliminates security deposits altogether. Everybody else is a surety bond. And we all know surety bonds are pooled at either the property level or at the company corporate level. But what we all know from the early days of sure deposit, I mean, I was a sure deposit customer when I was at Pinnacle. Every time we attempted to file a claim against that pool, the pool was dry. The math doesn't work, right? So the part that I want to clearly distinguish and separate lease lock, lease insurance, everybody else is a surety bond. We eliminate deposits. Everybody else is a deposit alternative or an option for the renter. Lease lock, lease insurance is a business to business solution. And everybody else is a business to consumer solution. I mean, those are probably, Daniel, the, the three salient ways to distinguish and separate the market. Excellent. Let, let's, let's um, for, uh, for those unfamiliar with, for example, surety bonds, let's spend another minute just talking about that. Um, when you say it's a lease, it's a deposit alternative solution, it doesn't relieve the resident of, of the need to, to place a deposit of some kind. It's a reduced deposit that they don't get back. They never have any intention to get back. And then, as I understand it, then that goes into the pool you were talking about of deposits at some somewhere out there. That's <laughs> There's right. this pool of money. Um Okay. That's exactly so is that, right. that a good understanding of that? Yeah. So, Daniel, let's put this in maybe um, dumb it down in, in kind of dollars and cents, right? Typically, the the resident pays seventeen and a half percent of what the surety bond amount would be. So, for numbers and keeping it simple, if the surety bond is five hundred dollars, the resident's paying seventeen and a half percent of five hundred dollars, or eighty seven dollars and fifty cents. That $87.50 then gets split up. A portion goes into the pool, and then a portion goes to the carrier. Well, if you're filing a claim, right, against that pool, the claim more than likely is going to be more than the $50 that went into the pool to fund it. So at the time when the claim gets filed, the pool is never full enough to offset paying that claim. And so that's the, that's the underlying issue and challenge with surety bonds. Now, with lease insurance, it's true insurance with a reinsurer. And so therefore, right, there are sublimits. But at the end of the day, 
there is no pool with leach insurance. It's no different than how homeowner's insurance or how renter's insurance operates. And so there is no deductible, but there is a reinsurance element of leach insurance to avail the protection for rent and damages in the event a claim has to get filed against the policy that is tied and bound to the lease. So if you if you have an outside um, if you have an outsized uh, damage incident, you know eviction often happens in evictions. Um, surety bond unlikely to be able to cover that uh, it, with with lease lock in your approach. Uh, if it's a five thousand dollar claim. Is all of that covered? Or you mentioned there are some limits. Is there is there an upward limit to that? So there are various plan options, right? So if you look at the, the most popular plan that we provide at LeaseLock, it's for $29 a month, it protects the owner for $5,000 of rent and $500 of damages for a total of $5,500 of protection. Got it. Whereby... The surety bond is a $500 surety bond. So if you look at the multiples, right, of coverage, it's 10 times what your standard surety bond would be, let alone if the money, if the pool is available to offset that claim. I have to ask this question, Ed. This can be, you're going to love it. It's a softball question for a chief revenue officer, but I have to ask because I'm, it's compelling. Why then? Why is the, why are there so many more surety bond companies? Why would anyone choose that option over the lease lock approach? There must be some perceived advantage. It's the lack of understanding and a true education around the differences, right? There are lots of companies that portray themselves as insurance when in fact they are not. And so it's it's cutting through the clutter, Daniel, right? And understanding the nuances and doing a side-by-side -side comparison that will then enable the consumer to make an informed decision that is in their best interest. And so um, I think because LeaseLock, right, was the category leader that started this seven years ago, LeaseLock was ahead of their time, right? They, these, the two founders were not from multifamily. They, they saw the problem, right, that, was tr that had to get solved. And they went out there, right, to solve it. And so, um, I think when you get into an RFP, right, and you look at the nuances and you do a side by side, it's apples and oranges. And so I'm on this, yeah, I mean, I'm on this evangelism, right, roadshow to debunk the myths that exist out there and to get to the objective truth and to let the consumer know what's real versus what's Memorex. And I always believe the truth is liberating, right? And I love doing a side-by-side -side or a head-to-head -head comparison. We'll win every time. 
Yeah. I mean, look, from my nascent understanding of, of all of that, um, it seems it seem, does seem like a no brainer. Um, is this when it's in place, uh, is this the only option for the renter or do they still have the option to put a full month's rent down if they if they if they know, like, I'm going to be a great renter. I'm not going to destroy the place. I want my deposit back. Is that still an option or does that become difficult to do? Yeah, it's a great question, Daniel. And the way I describe it is we're an opt out solution. So everybody um, is paying the monthly amount unless they say, hey, I don't want to pay this monthly amount. And therefore, the leasing agent says our standard deposit is $500. If you choose not to pay this deposit waiver fee, the deposit amount will be $750. So what do you choose? And so that's where you see 95% conversion, right? Because again, this next generation renter wants simple, easy, convenient, and affordable. Right. And it's, and it's embedded in the workflow. Right. So whether you're using Yardy or RealPage or Entrada or MRI or Resmond, right. Because we're a B2B solution, it's native in the workflow and it's vertically integrated into the tech stack. So there's no out of workflow. There's no clunky, right. Lack of communication or selling. It's all done as part of and fully disclosed in the in the lease application workflow process. So I wanted to ask about that actually, which which, which is, uh, is it a heavy lift to deploy something like this? You rewrite leases, you have to, is there a large integration component with, with the PMS systems? Um, Daniel, here's what I say. And, and the response I get is, Ed, it sounds too good to be true. And so here's the answer. It requires a lease addendum, which is a one page, right? Which is filed in every, in all 50 states. And it's fully disclosed, right? As part of the lease application where the resident acknowledges for a monthly amount, they are waiving the right to pay an upfront security deposit, period. And so there is no lift. There is no selling. And that's what other people don't understand. They're like, well, so the leasing agent doesn't have to sell this? And the answer is no. On the property website, it says they are a zero deposit community. And what the leasing agent or the community manager is telling the prospect is when, when asked, what's the security deposit? The leasing agent or the community manager basically answers the question this way. Guess what? We're a zero deposit community. We don't require an upfront security deposit, period. So there is no heavy lift. That's amazing. Uh, do you find, are there, are there communities that, that wrap the, that fee into the lease so that it, um, it really appears like they're absolutely paying nothing for it? Or do they still carve it out separately and you see it separately on their invoice? I've seen it done both ways, Daniel. Um, the majority of our customers have the lease or the monthly lease amount. And then like other amenities, there are line items that list out what they are. Valet trash, $10. Deposit waiver, $20. And now what the leasing agent or community manager does do on more than one occasion is they quote the rent with the deposit waiver fee. Uh -huh. So if the rent's $1,000, right, 
they're telling the prospect for this one bedroom, it's $1,029 a month. Got it. And when they get their lease application and, um, and as part of the workflow, it clearly lays out how they arrive at the 1029 well, I have to say, I mean, not to just, I, I don't mean to be just a shill for lease lock, but um, it really does sound like a, a super smart idea whose time has come. It, what what has been the adoption um, so far? I, I know you guys just raised a, a massive round. Um, so obviously the private equity community believes in what you guys are doing. Um, what, what have been the results? So as you you know pointed out we raised 52 million dollars that was backed by Westerly Winds Wildcat Ventures and SoftBank um we just surpassed a critical milestone in the company's history where we are now insuring over a billion dollars in leases nationally uh we've been very blessed and fortunate to have grown 400 percent in 2020 and based on what we've seen heretofore in Q1, we are on track to do greater than that. So bottom line, right? I view lease insurance, zero deposit as the dial tone of the telephone. It will become the standard. Every property will deploy nationally. It's a matter of not if, but when. Yeah. Uh, is there, look on the face of it, it makes sense. Um, and it seems obvious. Is there though, um, is there ROI you cite? Are there retention numbers that you cite? Are there leasing velocity numbers that you cite that all improve with a product like this in place? Yeah. Great question. So here, here are the stats that, that I want to highlight. We see a 50% bad debt reduction. That's real. We see leasing conversion. Um, at five to seven times what ordinarily would be in place. Um, we've seen um, improvement of net operating income um, to the property, anywhere from a hundred to $150,000 per property, right? So we see, right, the lease conversion, we see the bad debt reduction, we see the asset performance that is being driven as a result of deploying this product. And I don't see that changing. Um, in fact, I see it improving um, because uh, this product um, continues to get deployed and because conversion is greater than 95%, Daniel, this goes back to my comment where they're now out of the security deposit business. And all the administration that goes along with managing security deposits, it's arduous, it's painful, right? We see this six-figure uh, NOI um, lift per property, like I alluded to. Um, and then, you know, we see this uh, 45, 45 to 50% bad debt, bad debt reduction. And so this, the, these stats are real and, and those are being evidenced and realized by people like Harbor Group or like RKW Residential or Goodman Real Estate or Strata Equity. I mean, it runs the gamut on a national basis. I, I assume, I, I just want to ask me to be, really be clear, but I assume there's no overlap with renter's insurance. You still assume everybody should have rent and carry renter's insurance. Is that correct? 
That's correct. Renter's insurance and lease insurance complement each other. They, they are not duplicative. Yeah. Another point of confusion, I think, for sometimes for people. So I wanted to make that point. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what an, what an amazing time to be a chief revenue officer at a company that's going to that grew 400% during COVID and, and is set to do better. So you guys are definitely some doing something right over there, Ed, and, and that must be fun to be in your position. Congratulations on all that growth. Yeah, thanks. It's been a blast. If people are interested, I uh, I assume leaselock.com, is that what you would you recommend? They just go there and start their journey there? Yeah, leaselock.com is, is, is our uh, kind of web address. And look, if people want to reach out, like I believe, I'm a big believer of paying it forward, send me an email, ed at leaselock.com. It doesn't get any easier than that. And I'm happy to be consultative, right? Because I'm in a unique situation where I've seen it on both sides. Yeah. Um, I've seen it on the operator side and I've seen it on the service provider side. Um, obviously, I believe in this product, which is why I joined LeaseLock 20 months ago. Because there was nobody, let me just be, make this point. There was nobody in the marketplace, Daniel, that was providing this product. And, um, and so... I saw this opportunity and vision, right, for getting out of the security deposit business. And, and I said, when I was sitting in that seat, I hated security deposits, right, because of the friction on the front end and the administrative burden on the back end. And so, you know, th this is why our co-founders are visionaries and why this product was born seven years ago and why we're seeing the adoption um, on a national basis. It's an exciting place to be at an exciting time in our industry because it's transformative and it's disruptive. Yeah, I can see that. It's hard to it's hard to use the words exciting and insurance in the same sentence, but um, I think I think it applies. <laughs> um, Ed, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us about today and educating the audience uh, on this really important and, as you said, transformative um, matter. I think it's really important for people to understand the distinction of what's out there. So thank you so much. It's been great talking with you. My pleasure, Daniel. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, thank you for logging in and listening today here at the Apartment Academy. If you've enjoyed these podcasts and you feel like your management company could use a little advice from some of the professors here at the Apartment Academy, then go to our website, apartmentacademy.com and click help me. We'll send you a questionnaire and provide individualized responses to your answers at no charge that I guarantee will offer you insights on ways that you can immediately improve apartment operations. Thanks and until next time.